0: Thanks for waiting, thanks for understanding, thanks for holding on, thanks for being there, not
1: sorry, sorry, sorry. Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Lavender Lifestyle. It's Eileen. Today we're talking to Marissa Peer, who is a celebrity therapist and pioneering hypnotherapy trainer. She's a best selling author of the books Ultimate Confidence, You Can Be Thin, You Can Be Younger, and More. So we're going to talk about self worth, taking a look at our deepest feelings and fears and where they come from, and how you can start to transform your life by changing your self talk and perspective. This was one of my favorite conversations just because I felt so inspired. Everything Marissa said was so on point. She is the real deal, so I can't wait for you to hear this one. Hi, Marissa. Welcome to the show. Hi, I'm thrilled and delighted to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. So before we get into it, I do want to give the listeners a little bit of your background story. So can you briefly share about how you got into hypnotherapy, how it all began? Yeah, it's a
0: great story. I always wanted to be a child psychologist, which I trained in and found it immensely unfulfilling because you tend to have three clients when you're a child psychologist, mum, dad, child, and if they're divorced, it can be very difficult. Anyway, I, I sort of abandoned that and ended up teaching aerobics for Jane Fonda here in LA, which I absolutely loved, it was so different. I was very aware, even in the early 90s, that most women in my classes were bulimic or anorexic or exercise compulsive or body dysmorphic. And I was always looking for a way to fix that, particularly with anorexia, which is such a heartbreaking illness. And then I came across hypnosis almost by accident and began to train in it and found it was a super effective way of dealing with bulimia and mm. And because I was so mm. good and got such good results, we would go, I know you're the bulimic girl, but um, can you cure me of a fear of heights or spiders or wasps or aeroplanes or my brother's an alcoholic, but he just wants to see you. And so I stopped specializing and diversified and have had the most extraordinary career ever since where hypnotherapy is really good at uncovering what is the real cause of someone's issue. But I took it further and created my own method of hypnotherapy called RTT, Rapid Transformational Therapy. Mm-hmm. Really good at finding out what's wrong and curing it, often in as little as one session, sometimes three. But um, Can you talk about what makes RTT different yeah. than
1: typical hypnotherapy?
0: What makes RTT different is the questioning. Even typical hypnotherapy can involve talk about your problems, and come back and talk about your problems more. And it's, I think therapy is the only treatment where you keep talking about what makes you sick without fixing it. So RTT will straight away in one session say, look, mm-hmm. I'm going to go back and find out why you do what you do. I'm going to go back and find out what is the root of this issue of alcoholism or kleptomania or binge eating. And you get the mind to go back and find out why people do what they do. Because when they have the why, it's very empowering. I'm sure you know mm-hmm. people you all do. who say, I don't know why I do what I do. I guess I'm just messed up.
1: Mm-hmm. When
0: they go, oh, I see. When I was six, I was made to finish food. When I was four, my dad left, and I felt unlovable, and I've carried that with me all my life. So you both show them why, but also show them how, mm-hmm. how to get over it. Because other people will say, no, I know why I drink. I was brought up having a family of drinkers, but I don't know how to stop. You have to have both. Why do you do this? And here's how to stop it. And then I make a recording and the mind learns by repetition and that rewires. I recode into people, change. You see, to be a great therapist, you must understand how the mind works and how the mind works as it resists change. It likes what's familiar and not what's unfamiliar, but you can code in anything at all and make it familiar if you know how to do it and that's what we do
1: i see i'm curious so the way you figure out why do you have the answer come out from your clients like is it something that through hypnotherapy they reveal themselves like how does that work
0: yeah i call what we do like being a detective and a dentist so the detective part will go ahead and get information what was going on when you were four why did you do that you know you got asthma when you were seven you began to stutter when you were 10 You gained a huge amount of weight when you were 14 and doubled your body size. What was going on? I never ever said, well, why did you do that? But what happened? Mm -hmm. And some clients don't know what happened, or they might know, but they don't understand what it did to them. So here's an example. Mm -hmm. My dad left when I was five. He met someone else. He always took on her little girl and bought her stuff, but he never saw me. Mm -hmm. That's what happened but what it did to me is, I believed I was unlovable. I thought I wasn't enough. I thought because I wasn't as pretty and as cute as this other kid. That's mm. why he loved her and not me. And now I feel unlovable. Um, I meet people who also treat me like I'm unlovable. Yeah. So it's showing people how, you know, my, my dad always said, "Oh, you nearly killed your mom when you were born. You were such a big baby. You nearly killed her. And that's affected me my whole life. I've had this tremendous guilt. Mm -hmm. So going back and showing them not just what happened, because what happened, strange enough, doesn't affect you as anything like as much as the interpretation, the meaning you put on what happened. The story you create. They touched my body, and they always said it's because I was so pretty. And so now I've got a fear that if I'm pretty, people will will touch me. Mm. And I got eczema because my mom always said it wasn't fair that I was cute and my sister wasn't and I should play down all my achievements it wasn't Mm. right that I was cute and smart Mm. and so I never realized that the eczema was to punish me the asthma was to keep me at home I got bullied at school I didn't know what to do then I got terrible asthma attacks and didn't go to school anymore Mm. or I never thought I was lovable but when I got all these intolerances my mom started buying gluten-free flour and making gluten-free pancakes just for me I began to think well she must love me a bit because look what she's doing and so many people get illnesses to reassure themselves they must matter they must be significant which is fine when you're five you need proof that your mom loves you but now you're 35 and you still need this proof Mm -hmm. and it's really derailing every relationship you have so being able to go back and go, oh, I see, I did that then because of that, and I'm never doing it again, is so empowering for yeah. our clients. It gives them so much freedom, and that's what they really need.
1: Yes, it's so powerful. So what is the how? Like, How do you change those deep, ingrained mindsets? Well,
0: in my experience, and I've, I've been doing this for 30 years, I realized very early on that all of my patients, whether they're a movie star, an Olympic athlete, a CEO or someone that runs a bakery—they all have the same problems. And they go into three groups: I'm not lovable, I'm not enough, I'm different, so I can't connect to people, and that makes me feel terrible. Or I want something, but it's not available. I want love or health or not to be depressed, but I don't know how to do it. Yeah. And so I break them down into three groups, and I treat what what I think is going on. So, for instance, if you came into me and said, "Look, I drink too much." I binge on cakes. I spend so much money, and I've I've got all this clutter in my house. I can't get rid of it. I know straight away that your problem is you're not enough. You're filling an empty space in you with food, alcohol, and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I would never treat the binging or the hoarding or the shopping. I would go straight into, why do you think you're not enough? Where did that come Mm -hmm. from? Who taught you that? And up will come all these little sad things like the teacher saying, well, the brains ran out when they got to you. What happened? Your sister was really bright, or mum marrying a new guy and they have a new baby that they definitely prefer to you. So I show people why they form this belief that they're not enough, and then I show them why it is not true, never has been, never will be. Mm. Then I install in them, almost code into them. It's like coding. Yeah. An unshakable, belief, I am enough. And when you know you're enough, your life is so much better. You date better people, you can go for a promotion. You just walk through life knowing that you can't even be rejected because if you really, really like yourself, which is not arrogance, it's very reassuring, other people like you more and you stop giving up your power, like, do you like me? Was it okay? Sure, do I look all right in this? You go, no, I like me. I feel great. Mm -hmm. But other people like that too because confidence is sexy and it's very, very reassuring.
1: Yeah. I definitely relate to a lot of, the, I, I feel like a lot of women or just a lot of people out there relate to the feeling of not being good enough and needing to find validation from others, right? Needing approval from others. And I see that in myself even to this day. So can we talk more about self-worth? How can we learn to be more confident and find that for ourselves?
0: You know, it's really tough for women because it used to be that you got judged on the way you looked Mm -hmm. in your clothes but now we get judged even on our genitalia on everything Mm -hmm. and because of social media it's constant we look on Facebook and Snapchat and Instagram and we see people that are taller and thinner and better than us and we're in this race now to be better and you can't win that race because you can't even complete it. Because as you get near the finishing line, it moves and it moves again. Yes. And so I created a movement called I'm Enough. I created a Twitter movement, an Instagram movement, program that people take online for eight weeks, and a book. And each of those products shows you how to literally install into yourself and enough. Does I give you an example of what happens when you know you're enough? Meryl Streep went up with a part of King Kong. The director Mm said, Meryl, you're not pretty. You'll never make it in this town. You won't um, make it. And she said, well, that's one opinion In a sea of opinions. I'm going to find another opinion. And I have my own opinion that says I will make it. Mm -hmm. And you see, she could have given up her power and gone home and become an acupuncturist instead. But she decided not to let it in. And the power of not letting in destructive criticism is extraordinary. Mm -hmm. and often when I'm doing a show like this the the anchor person will say can you help our audience give them a tip and one of the greatest tips is do not let in destructive criticism people can say and do mean things but you get to choose whether to let that in and when you know you're enough people will still say mean things but they just won't hurt you Mm. I mean I for instance my new book I'm Enough has just come out and it's got Amazing five star reviews. But there's one person who said, I, I don't like this book. It hasn't, where is this scientific research to back it up? In fact, there's a lot of it. But I can choose whether to let that hurt me or not. And I choose not to. And when I look at my YouTube talks, which have some of the millions of views, there's always going to be a few people who go, I hate her. What is she talking about? Yeah. Like, just, she's just a quack. Yeah. <laughs> I can't stop that. what I can choose is how I feel about it. The fact I'm telling you about it means it doesn't hurt me. I can even laugh about it. Women don't have enough power. You know, we hand out our power. Does my bum look big in this? Is this too tight? Am I thin enough, tall enough? And Mm -hmm. we need to take back our power. I mean, that whole Me Too movement is about women saying, I'm not really going to take this anymore. Yeah. So it's very, very important for women to take back their power. And to fall in love with themselves and falling in love with yourself sounds like a word. It's really an ability to do that. And I love I'm enough because people tell me all the time, you know, those three words changed my entire life. Those words were the things that got me through the doors of an office and got me to ask for a new job. Those words got me to leave an abusive relationship. Those words got me to say, I, I don't need to take this anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, my I'm Enough is now going into schools all across America because they've discovered that it actually has a massive impact on diminishing bullying Bullies never feel they're enough, and the children they bully also don't feel enough. And, you know, we can do great things Mm -hmm. with the world if we could just all start and end every day going, I'm enough, I matter, I'm significant. But you can't just say it. You've got to really believe it and wire it into yourself. And I wrote that book as a technique to wire it into you, and it really Mm works.
1: Even to this day, do you still have to practice like wiring that thought into your head i am enough or do you feel like you've been confident and you're good good well the thing is here's the how the the brain
0: is wired to like what is familiar and to resist what is unfamiliar we survived in primitive times by not doing anything unfamiliar you know when you when children get to 2 they get very fussy about what they eat because at 2 in the wild you were quite in danger if you picked up random berries so from a very early age, we become wired to say, "I like what's familiar," and all parents will recognize that three-year-old wants the same cereal in the same cereal bowl every day. Mm-hmm. The good news is that when you make it's like a bit like saying going doing yoga. If you do that every day, it's so familiar, you become yoga becomes in your soul. Mm-hmm. If you run every day or walk a dog every day, you don't think, "Oh gosh, I better make myself walk the dog." It becomes familiar.
1: Yeah.
0: Juicing becomes familiar if you do it regularly. So for me, I don't actually really have to do it hardly at all. But when I'm in the shower, I sometimes do go, I'm enough. If I'm going on stage, if I'm doing an interview, if I'm doing a book launch or a presentation, occasionally I'll say I am enough. But what's so nice is that first it's what you do and then the miracle happens and it becomes who Mm. you are. The more you do it, the easier it is. The easier it is the more it stops being what you do and becomes who you are. And that's why I like it so very much.
1: I love that so much. And it's such a good tip. I mean, everything you said, taking back your power, not letting destructive comments in and telling yourself so often that it becomes familiar. In the beginning, it will always feel strange. It will always be weird to tell yourself, remind yourself, I'm enough, I'm significant, but you have to ingrain it so hard into yourself that it becomes who you are. I think a lot of us haven't tried it that much to get to that point. You know, that's one
0: of the things I really found. When I made my I'm Enough program, I was very aware that so many programs out there will work. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, if you've got a husband, a job, a home, a child, who needs any more work than that? And I found a lot of self-help programs would say write a thousand goals out, read five books a week, do this, do that, visualize, spend an hour a day meditating. Who's got the time? So when I made my I'm Enough program, it was eight modules that really required about 15 minutes of your time to listen to. And then every two weeks, we would come online and I would do a live Q&A. It was a bit like a radio agony column, if you like, but I'm there answering their questions. And we all have the same problems. So having this online community where I was always there for them was very useful. People always said, you know, what I loved about this is its strength is in its simplicity. Yeah. You know, if you walk along going, I'm a goddess, I'm a goddess, I'm a goddess, your mind goes, Really? but you got those clothes from Target. You're sharing an apartment with four other girls. That doesn't seem like a goddess to me. And we kind of dismiss (laughs) affirmations because they're either so abstract or so wildly inaccurate. Like my life is a walk in the park every day, but it isn't. Mm -hmm. But when you say I'm enough, the mind will never reject it or go, really? It goes, well, of course. You always have been, you always will be, because its strength is the fact that it's truthful. It's not telling Mm you you're a rock star and a multi-zillionaire who looks like um, Cameron Diaz when you don't. It's saying something the mind will let in like lotion on parched skin. I'm enough goes in. And just
1: like lotion, it nourishes you from the inside out, which is so important. I'm curious what your opinion is on... Sometimes people can seem very arrogant because they're so strong in their self-love or that... They don't take any criticism or any haters. Is there, what is the line for you? Well,
0: you see, there is a line. Imagine you have a ruler. One end end of the ruler is someone who feels completely inadequate and unworthy. On the other end is someone who is arrogant and full of themselves. But arrogance is no difference to insecurity. You're trying to convince the whole world you're amazing because you don't believe it. An arrogant person will go, I'm never wrong. I know everything. No one's ready. They don't believe that for a nanosecond. That all their energy goes into trying to convince you
1: mm. because
0: they are not convinced. Someone who is has got it will say, well, "I could be wrong. I sometimes am, and that's an interesting opinion you have. I don't agree with you, but you're welcome to have it." Mm-hmm. You see, see, again on the ruler, there's another thing on the ruler where one end is being selfless, putting everyone in front of you, and the other is being utterly selfish. And the middle is called honouring yourself, saying, "Well, I need Ooh, this." I and love that. yeah, everyone's going out. My, all my friends want to go out, but I'm getting up at seven, and I've got a job to do, so I'm not going out tonight. But I'm not going to tell anyone they shouldn't go out, and I'm not going to make a fuss about it. Just and have a great time. I hope you have a wonderful time, but tonight, mm-hmm. I need to stay home.
1: I love that.
0: And it's not always, I'm so sorry, I can't come. So many my times, you know, I spend my life going, I'm sorry, I'm late. I'm sorry, I stood you up. I'm sorry, I wasn't ready. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm messing up the order here, where in fact, what you should say is, thanks for waiting for me, because then you're saying I'm yes. worth waiting for. Thanks for understanding that I'm a vegan, and it complicates things a bit. Thanks for not giving me grief about holding you up, because my kid was crying when I left. And Women
1: apologize so much. I'm so sorry. That is so true. We're taught to apologize. Yeah. Even when we're not wrong, we're taught to apologize. Even when
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, someone invites us out. We go, I'm so sorry. Why would you be sorry? You've got something else to do. Uh-huh. I'm sorry I can't look after your kid. I've got four of my own. <laughs> yeah don't say sorry and when people insult you don't ever go I'm sorry I didn't understand that just go I missed that could you run it by me again Ah. but men do not apologize like women do they say sorry all the time someone asks them for money a beggar in the street I'm so sorry I haven't got any change just say um I do not have any change on me or actually I already support some charities and that feels good to me but
1: just Stopping the apologizing is really important. Yeah, it's just changing that word to to gratitude instead. Thank you instead of I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thanks for waiting. Thanks for understanding. Thanks for holding on. Thanks for being there. Not sorry, sorry, sorry.
1: Here's an unexpected way to improve your space and your sleep. Change your light bulbs. Most LED bulbs leave your space looking washed out and artificial. Plus they emit blue light that inhibits melatonin production and makes it hard for you to fall asleep. Sora Radiant is the only LED designed with full-spectrum color technology, making colors and skin tones look vibrant and real. As a creator, lighting is so important to set the mood and get the right shot. Sora Radiant bulbs are as close to natural sunlight as you can get with an LED. There's also a Sora Healthy bulb, which is the only LED with zero blue wavelengths, perfect for winding down and preparing to sleep. Sora bulbs are dimmable, don't make any annoying buzzing noise, won't leave you with headaches, and are also super energy efficient. If you want to give it a try, Sora has a special offer for our listeners. For 15% off any purchase over $50, visit sora.com lavender That's S-O-R-A-A com lavender and enter the promo code lavender at checkout again that's sora.com lavender and enter the promo code lavender at checkout I'm also curious, you have a book called You Can Be Younger, yeah, and I like, I like that topic. I'm curious, what are your thoughts on how to stay young? Well, here's a rule of the
0: mind, and I've, I've created 24 rules of the mind, and one of them is this, and it's such a true rule. Every word you say and every thought you think and even every belief you have becomes a blueprint that your mind, body, and psyche use everything at their disposal to make real. Now, if you lived in Japan with a grandfather who's doing Tai Chi at 89 and a grandmother who was still active, or if you lived on a Greek island with grandparents who walked four miles a day and still did their own cooking and still got in the community, you'd have a completely different concept of what aging is. Whereas if your grandparents in an old people's home just watching a TV, and eating Mm -hmm. mashed up banana puree all day, you think, oh my God, aging is terrible. So aging is an expectation that we turn into. And some people age incredibly well, and some people don't. One of the things that makes you age very well is being youthful. So for instance, the Rolling Stones, but the amount of drugs and alcohol they've taken, they should actually have aged quite badly. Because they still run Mm -hmm. and jump and play, they can't do something very boyish, they are youthful Goldie Horn with her girly giggle, Sally Ann Field and, and women who are girly and giggly tend to age very different to women who are really serious and uptight. Mm-hmm. And you know you can you can be a staunch vegetarian and take supplements, but if you're uptight you'll age Worse than someone who doesn't have a healthy diet but laughs a lot.
1: That is so interesting.
0: Yeah, we have three ages. We have the age on our birth certificate, which is utterly meaningless. And then we have the age we feel, which is really important. And we have the age our organs are. So if you were a runner age 50, your heart and lungs would be 40, 40, mm-hmm. but your knees might be 60. Because our organs age on a timetable that's got everything to do with what we do. And if you do young things, if you laugh, giggle, jump in puddles, dance in the rain, have sex, hold hands, you will age differently to someone who says, I'm far too old for that. That's no, not I'm, I'm too tired for that. I'm old now. I can't mm-hmm. do that. And I never talk about age because it's irrelevant. Youth is a state of mind.
1: That's really nice to hear. And I love that perspective that age is in your mind. It's also how you live your lifestyle. Because as someone like I'm nearing my 30s, and I know it sounds young to a lot of people, but it can also sound old to a lot of people. So age is a I, I don't know. It just seems to be a huge topic between me and my girlfriends talking about kids and marriage, all of that stuff. But so I, many yeah. men and
0: women get really freaked out. 30. Oh my God, at 30, I should have made it. I should be settled down. I should be with the right person. I should have a career. I should be thinking about children. A lot of people get really freaked out by 30. But life is long. It's longer than ever. Every mm-hmm. three years, our life expectancy goes up by a year. And so you have a long, long life. And, and the thing is to be happy. You know, live in the moment. There is no terminal called yeah. happiness. It's the journey you're on. And it's an inside job. Everything is an inside job, being confident, being enough, being youthful, being happy, being loved. And if you can take direction of the change in your life and make it change for the better and think, well, I can't wait to be 30. Didn't someone say life begins? That it isn't 30 Someone I mm-hmm. can go right. This is a great time for my career, a partner, children. When I'm 20, I'm going to find guys at 22 that just want to have fun. But at 30, I'm going to find guys who go, yeah, I want what you want. I'm now looking for commitment, children, a nice home. So you can turn anything around and look at what's good about it or not. It's really up to you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Do you think that the people who are afraid of getting older, that makes them older? What do you think that mindset creates? I
0: think that with every change, we're always scared of change um, because we feel that we cannot control the direction of change in our life. If you control the direction of change and make it positive, you won't even fear being 80.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's, it's that fear of the unknown. Oh, I'm mm. going to get older. I'm going to lose my looks. I'm not going to be fun. It's all going to be difficult. You know, every age is a dream that's dying or one that's coming to birth, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. And I was thirty quite a while ago, but you know, I'm I'm having the best time of my life now. Every stage for me has been amazing. Mm. I loved being single. I loved being pregnant with a tiny little squidgy baby. (laughs) I loved being a mom of a toddler. I loved being a mom of a teenager. And I loved being a mother of a young adult. If you can make every age amazing and wonderful, life is extraordinary, all these fears most things that you fear actually four percent of what you fear is ever likely to happen yeah we waste so much time dreading being 25 30 40 50 60 and then think gosh why didn't I just have an amazing life we get so stressed about you know is my stomach flat is my waist small enough Are my legs long enough and then you look back and think what a waste
1: exactly yeah I love that Thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's so beautiful. Just a reminder for everyone out there, it's all about your perspective and you want to love your life at every age.
0: And love yourself because if you love yourself, you just show the whole world how to do it. You know, loving mm-hmm. yourself is the beginning of a lifelong romance that never tires and I see women especially putting so much energy trying to make someone love them. They have a wax and a blow dry and buy a new outfit and make a lovely dinner to try and make some guy love them. When I, The way to make some guy love you is to love you first, to go, I'm great, Yes, I love myself. If you want to join in, I don't blame you. And if you don't, that's your loss. But if yes. you love yourself, people find you so much more attractive. All women will tell you that ironic mm-hmm. thing that you can't find a date. You can. the minute you find a date and you're involved, other guys come up and ask you out because you give off a different vibe. I know the day I got engaged as a man, practically fact, he ran after me at this airport to ask me if I dropped a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And I knew he was hitting on me. But that never happened before because I was giving off this air of, oh, I'm getting married and I feel so loved mm-hmm. and cherished. And But you can do that anyway. You know, we wait for someone to love us so that we can feel worth something. When, in fact, if you love yourself, you feel worth something anyway and this is why I teach in RTT how to fall in love with yourself and how to understand that your feelings are the most real thing you have and so many people feel sad or jealous or anxious and they try and eat the feeling or Netflix the feeling or shop the feeling or drink the feeling instead of understanding that your feelings are trying to tell you something and if you just feel the feeling it will go away really fast but we're almost taught not to feel our feelings anymore to just Mm. eat candy or put on a movie or drink a glass of wine and we become so far removed from from who we really are which is flawed people in a flawed world having flawed relationships that are all wonderful instead we're taught we're trying to be perfect and have a perfect relationship and Believe me, that doesn't exist. Even Kim Kardashian is not having a perfect relationship, even with herself, <laughs> which would have had all that, make all that effort to look yeah. like someone else. Just be yourself and then the world will like you better. But the best thing is you will like you better. And I'm Enough, both the online course and the yeah. book, really show you how to feel great about yourself every day, because there's nothing better than waking up thinking, wow, I love my life, Mm -hmm. I love myself. It can't get better than that.
1: I love that so much. And just the message is so, so important and powerful. So now I do want to wrap up with some rapid fire questions. So I'm just going to ask some questions. Feel free to answer with whatever's on the top of your mind. Okay. Okay. What does your dream life look like?
0: I'm so lucky. I live my dream life every day. My dream life is I wake up in a beautiful home on the canal in Venice with my lovely husband. Um, I have a gorgeous daughter. I go to work and I I love so much. Um, But I've never feel like I've worked a day in my life. You know, I do what I love and I love what I do. And so it's not work. So a dream life would be being with people I love, doing a job that I love so much, it's not work, and living in a place that really nourishes my soul. And I'm very lucky I have all of that.
1: That's so amazing. I'm so happy to hear that. What is one book or resource that you recommend to everybody?
0: Well, it would have to be my own book, I'm Enough. (laughs) People say, why do you recommend your own books? I'm like, why would I recommend someone else's? Exactly. I'm, I'm Enough is my life's work. I'm immensely proud of it. And people, somebody just reviewed it for me on Amazon. I've been in therapy for five years. I read this book. I learned more in a day than I learned in five years of therapy. I'm never going to therapy again. I'm just Mm -hmm. using that book. And I love that. So my I'm Enough book and my program, I'mEnough.com, I would say are the best resources because I've had 30 years of working out what works and what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And I only give you
1: what works. Amazing. What is one habit that changed your life?
0: At praising myself, absolutely. You know, I think like all girls, I'd say to my boyfriend, do I look okay? Do you really love me? All that neediness. And I realized that if I worked out what I wanted to hear and said it to myself, you see, the mind doesn't know where it comes from. I always wanted to be the favorite kid. I never was. But I started to say, I'm the favorite, I'm the favorite. And weirdly enough, Mm -hmm. I became my parents' favorite within (laughs) months of saying that. So praising myself, finding the missing part of me, the stuff I needed to hear, and saying it to myself rather than waiting or hoping someone else would say it was a game changer for me. And it's one of the things I put in the book and the program, these game changers that change your life, but they change your life in moments. They take less than three minutes to do. But the effect they have on you is out of all proportion to the tiny effort required. That's beautiful.
1: I'm definitely going to do that. I'm going to try that. What is the best life or career advice you've ever gotten?
0: Find a job you love and you'll feel like you've never worked a day in your life. And one of the things we do on the I Am Enough program is tell you how to find your purpose. Because To be happy, you have to do what you love. If you hate your job and you're in it just for the money, you'll always pay the price. And what you're meant to do, and indeed your unique skill set, will always lie directly behind and be absolutely connected to what you love to do at the age of 7 and 14.
1: Mm. So
0: one of my clients is saying, it's funny, I love doing puzzles. Now I'm a strategist. Mm. Um, I love um, putting my dolls in dresses made out of Kleenex and now I'm a dress designer. I loved messing up my doll's house, and now I'm an interior designer. Wow. So take a while to think about what you really loved between the age of seven and fourteen. That is a key your areas of excellence and do what you love, not what you think other people will love you for doing.
1: Mm-hmm. It just came to mind. I had a pretend radio show when I was really young and I have a yeah, podcast now. Cool. Like it's really funny. Yeah, it's
0: so amazing. So many yeah. I meet. You know,
1: Jo Malone, for instance, when she was a little girl, was
0: always making perfume in the garden out of old rose petals. And this Oh my god, that's amazing. A perfumer because... If we could just go back and take a look at that, we think, wow, the universe isn't silly. It shows me. You know, my mm. one of my friends was always playing make-believe hospitals. Now she's a doctor.
1: Wow. So last question is, finish this sentence. The most amazing part about life is
0: that when you know you're enough, the whole world joins you and believes it too.
1: So beautiful. Thank you so much, Marissa. I thoroughly enjoyed this interview and everybody out there, make sure you check out Marissa Peer, her book, I Am Enough, as well as her course. Thank you so much. It was so, so good to talk to you. You
0: too, darling. Take care.
1: All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. Now I just want to wrap it up with some key takeaways that I got from our conversation. The first thing is the story about Meryl Streep. I've heard that story before and it's such an amazing story. Just the fact that when she was a young actress, she went out for this movie and they told her she was not pretty enough for that role. And she didn't let that stop her. She was like, well, that's one opinion. There are a sea of other opinions out there. Let me keep trying. And that was just so powerful to hear. Just the fact that if you are confident in yourself and you know that you are good, you are enough, you don't have to let those destructive comments in. Like You don't have to. People are going to have their opinions, but it's up to you what you do with their opinions, whether you let that hurt you and affect you and stay with you for life, or if you just, you know, take it lightheartedly like, okay, well, you're entitled to your opinion, but I have my own opinion about myself. I think I'm great. Goodbye. You know? So I love that. And just the reminder to take back your power. You are in control of your energy. You are in control of the way you feel. Don't let other people have so much power over you. The next point is one that we kept repeating throughout the interview, but I just want to state it again, I am enough to tell yourself that every day. And what stuck out to me about that is Marissa says that humans are afraid of change and we like the familiar. So you have to tell yourself every day in order to make that talk, that thought so familiar that it becomes who you are. And I've seen that happen in my life with gratitude because I used to not be as grateful of a person, but once I started incorporating gratitude, grateful thoughts into my everyday practice, it just comes so naturally. Like I'm grateful for everything, all the little details. And I think the same thing can be done with this phrase, I am enough to tell yourself and remind yourself that you are enough and you don't have to get other people's approvals or other people's validation. You are enough already as you are. Another point I really liked was talking about the spectrum between selfish and selfless. So on one end, a person can be selfish, and on the other end, a person can be completely selfless. I think in both situations, it's not ideal. Like You don't want to be too selfish or too selfless. That can be hurtful to yourself as well. So in the perfect medium is... Honoring yourself. That was just like a nice little distinction, just to see it on a timeline that you should always honor yourself, not feel guilty for honoring yourself, not feel guilty for not saying yes to someone's request, or not feeling guilty for, you know, giving back to yourself a little sometimes. So, I like that. I also loved what she said about aging. It really is all about perspective, how you see it. And it was interesting that she brought up that one person can eat healthy and take care of their body, but they might age faster than someone else who is youthful and childlike and playful because it is not just about the physical aspect of aging. It really is about your mindset, how old you think you are, how old you feel. And it just reminded me to not take things as seriously and to always appreciate the moment right now and not be afraid of aging, not be afraid of the future, but just continue being youthful. You are as old as you want to be. Another thing I wanted to touch on is if you tend to see Validation from others or from something outside of yourself, try her tip on praising yourself. Get into the habit of telling yourself all the things that you want to hear from other people. Maybe you've wanted to hear things from your parents or from your significant other or even your peers. What are those things that you? Always find yourself asking for what are those things that you deeply want to hear. Maybe it's you're beautiful, you're smart, you're amazing, I love you. All of those things that you want from others, tell that to yourself every day. Write that down. Make a list. Put it on your phone and praise yourself every day because you deserve it. You don't need to seek that validation, approval from outside of yourself, you can start giving that back to yourself. Lastly, I just want to remind you all that life is not just about the events that happen to you. Your life and the way you feel about yourself, the way you view everything is about how you interpret the events that have happened to you. So it's not the actions or the events that matter. It really is your feelings about those events or those things that have happened to you. So it's really empowering to know that you can go back and ask yourself, why do I feel this way? What happened that made me feel this way? And how can I change that feeling? How can I switch it up? Because you know that feelings, as real as they feel, you can change them you can rewrite that story and this kind of throws me back to episode 2 of the lavender lifestyle podcast where i talked about rewriting your stories from your past you might see your past in a new light if you choose to like open your eyes a little more learn to see things from a new perspective and see if you could reshape your story to something that supports the future you, a better you. It's something that supports the you that you want to be. So good luck with everything. And I hope you enjoyed this long wrap up. I love you guys so much. And I'll talk to you next time. Bye. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. Next, make sure you check out the 2019 Artist of Life workbook and the Daily Planner by Lavender on my website, lavender.com/shop. Lastly, you can catch me on YouTube and Instagram at lavender where I have even more content for the Artist of Life. Sending you so much love. Bye.